0: Everyone, this is Whitney. Welcome to Raising the Remnant, Part Two: A Visionary Discipline. We're going to talk about some real life examples of what it is to really have a vision for our children in our discipline. So, welcome back. Thank you so much for taking time to spend time with me. Um, you know, I've said before, I don't, I don't desire formulas. I'm just going to give you examples, and I'm just going to pray that the Lord would just start to highlight for you places in your own relationship with your kids, especially when it comes to discipline, where you can just stop and ask him, you know, is this thing, this consequence that I'm giving, this thing that I'm saying, is this rooted in the vision that I have for my children and for my relationship with my kids? And, you know, I've said before, for me, my vision is, with my husband is so simple. Uh, we want them to have healthy, incredible relationships with themselves, with others, right? And that starts with their siblings and with us as a family corporately and then also with God. Um, and so I thought it would be really fun to just come back on here and talk about some practical examples of of what do I mean by that. Um, I have a six-year-old who is just incredibly strong-willed and I heard a friend one time say she said my son is like Mufasa you know I just can't wait to be king (laughs) and uh when I'm talking about my six-year-olds that is who he is he that kid is just built to conquer his name is legend right and I've shared before maybe a little bit about how we named our children um you know, we had a really hard time getting getting pregnant, and then we had a hard time birthing our kids. Uh, Legend specifically almost died in birth, and miraculously, he did not. The Lord preserved his life, but we knew that his name was going to be Legend Ray. And when I was praying about what we we're going to name our kids, my husband said, he said, I just feel like Ray, like a ray of sunshine. Um, but he's legend, you know, legend, legendary. He really is. Everything he does, he wants it to be legendary. And he is just built to just conquer. He is strong-willed, not unlike his dad, uh, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> and while there are some very frustrating things about a strong-willed child, just like there are some very frustrating things about being married to his strong-willed father, I have also seen what an amazing gift it is to have a will like that. Uh, My husband has just an iron will. And because of that, I have seen him accomplish things with the Lord that I just literally believe nobody else could accomplish. He just, when he knows what he is going to do, he is so fixed. He is so focused. And I I literally tell people all the time, like if, if it were wartime, I would want my husband to be there. Because he will not bend or break to anybody. Um, but I believe that he is surrendered to the Lord. And, you know, my six year old son is just like his father, he does not easily bow to anybody. <laughs> Um, And when I think about raising a strong remnant in the midst of a world where you want to have kids who can stand strong and what they believe in, having a pretty strong will sounds like an incredible place to start, but it is not an easy thing to discipline. Excuse me. It's not an easy thing to discipline. It's just really not. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) when I discipline him, I try to keep in mind that my vision for him in his relationship with himself is to help him see that that iron will is a gift from God and to partner with him to hone that will into a sharp and skilled weapon that will be used for the kingdom of God to do extraordinary things. But often, our discipline when it comes to disciplining a strong willed child is to try to break their will, right? You get tired of fighting against it. You get tired of, you know, constantly having this child who challenges everything you say and do. And so we get lazy honestly in our approach to discipline that we almost like let's break this will down so that they lose that unction to fight against the status quo or ad- advocate for change or justice um, so even though I can probably find something that would make him quit challenging me completely into not pushing against the rules that I set Um, it probably won't accomplish the vision I feel like God has given me for this kid and teach him that his strong will is not a bad thing. In fact, I believe that the will that he has is a great gift if used well. And like his name, I believe that my child was born to push the limits. But like most good moms, I don't want him to push a limit that he can't come back from right and and like when we talk about a strong-willed child I think there is again that fear as a mom where you're like oh my gosh if I don't discipline this thing like my he could go you know ballistic right he could do all kinds of things that would hurt him or her others or whatever that looks like and so practically when I'm thinking about this child and I think about his father right um a strong-willed is. I think instinctively knows that they do not want to be controlled. And if we're being honest, a God who gives freedom doesn't want them to be controlled either. He wants them to be in relationship with him, right? To understand that freedom is a gift that can be stewarded. And that iron will, if directed in a very godly direction, can be immovably powerful for the leadership that the generation he is in needs maybe god has given that child something like if you have a strong-willed child he has obviously given that child that will for a reason i I believe it also challenges us you know i, I think that god is so perfectly perfect that he gives me that strong-willed child so that I learn more about who God is, right? It, it it iron sharpens iron. And that child right out of the womb is sharpening me. And and I need to allow that to sharpen, right? It doesn't always feel good, right? But I'll just come at this from a mom and a boy. If you have boys, boys were meant to lead, okay? Girls were meant to lead too. I, I believe that with all of my heart, but they lead differently as God created us to, praise God. And I have a son who doesn't want to be controlled. And honestly, that's a good thing. You know, I don't want him to be led astray. I don't want him to be so easily controlled that he will just move in any direction that the culture culture does. I want him to be a man of principle. I want him to be a man who's like, nope, I don't agree with that, and you're not moving me, right? I want him to understand his principles. And so what I have to get my son to in our relationship is that defiance in and of itself is not respectful to me in relationship with him. He is my children, my child, my children. (laughs) He is my child who will inadvertently always push back. He just does. And the Lord is like, Whitney, I created him like that. So I started having to ask the Lord, how do I how do I help him and how do I help me? and how do I again, have that vision for a relationship in the forefront? And So what I've started to do with him, and I'll just give an example. this just happened just the other day, I I literally told him, I'm like, uh, what was it, what was it What were we doing? We were getting dressed, right? He's six. He for the most part picks out his own clothes, which is cool, right? And there are definitely times that I'm like, I really want that kid to do his hair <laughs> because he doesn't look great right now right and then he comes back at me and he says why why do you want me to do my hair and in that moment I have to be honest right do I want him to do his hair because he's not taking good care of himself do I want him to do his hair because it looks messy and that's a reflection on me or am I willing to let him say mom I don't want to do my hair today because it just I don't feel like it. And do I have a good reason as to why I'm challenging his will? And so what I've learned with a strong-willed child, if I'm going to teach him a good relationship with himself and others, is that I have to allow him to enact that will sometimes. But I need to learn to make a stand on the things that matter, right? When the stakes are high, that is when I'm like, absolutely not. I will halt that with you cooking and screaming right but i reserve those for the things that are dangerous or truly i have a good reason to back up another example same thing getting dressed you know i'm like hey you should put on a long sleeve shirt i don't need a long sleeve shirt i said well it's cold outside and he's like he's like i told you i don't need one and i'm like okay So then I, in that moment, I just stopped and I said, hey, can I ask you something? He's like, what? I said, do you think I'm trying to control you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't want to be told what to do. I said, that's totally fine. I said, but that's not my heart. I said, I am a mom. And I said, and I know that it is 38 degrees outside. And I know that you need a jacket. You may get hot in the process of playing outside and not need the jacket anymore. But my heart for you is that I want you to be warm And so I'd like you to put on a jacket because I desire you to be warm. And in that moment, he connects to my heart. I'm not trying to control him. I'm not trying to tell him what to do all the time about everything. I'm giving him the opportunity to make choices. But sometimes I know more than he does about something, right? And so, again, if it's something that is absolutely dangerous or will cause him harm, then I stick to those guns, right? I don't allow him choice, but a strong-willed child needs a lot of choice. And we have to get real with our mothering of those kinds of kids who God created that way and ask ourselves, are our rules rooted in relationship? Because often when we're dealing with a strong-willed child, we just get tired of them you know, challenging us or asking lots of questions. And I just would tell you that if you don't have a good reason behind the rules that you're making, then you're probably not following the vision you actually have for your kids. Again, your job is to, like, again, if, if I'm talking about my vision with my kids, I want them to have a good relationship with themselves which means that I need to allow my strong-willed child to enact that will that God gave him for things he disagrees with or wants to change or doesn't desire to have in his life. And I think that that's important, right? But that means that I have to be okay with allowing him to ask those questions. And um, so that's just one practical way that I use discipline. Um, You know, and when he does something that is not going to be safe for him or for others, he does reap the consequences of that. You know, Um, he does get in trouble. He does lose privileges or have to have some kind of consequence of some kind, right? Because those are the times that I need to sharpen that will so that it's used correctly, right? Not just because he can, doesn't mean he should. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so that's really what I'm trying to teach that child. You know, there is a time and a place for that will, and it's important. And I need to be as a mother willing to let him enact that will, and learn to steward it. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you do that. Because a lot of times it looks like you examining the rules you make for kids like that. Um, the other thing that I thought was practical, I'll just tell you, like, um, and in my home, you know, I try to keep discipline to relationship with self and others. You know, I think I've said that. And to me, that that absolutely goes into their relationship with their siblings. Um, and so... You know, one thing that I feel like in especially Christian households is for, for whatever reason, I don't know what this is about, but at least growing up for me, I always felt like conflict was sort of like wrong. If we were having a fight, <clears throat> excuse me, if we were having a fight, I felt like somehow like something must be wrong, right? We must have done something wrong. We said something wrong, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that all healthy relationships have conflict, We're not the same people. We don't always want the same thing. There will absolutely be misunderstandings. And my kids do fight, right? They have conflict. And my goal is not to get them not to have conflict, okay? My goal is to teach them how to work through conflict. So they're in the bedroom. They're having a massive fight. They're mad at each other because they don't see eye to eye and what game they want to play or how they want to play it. And I hear them in there. Right. And I could go in there. I could go in there and I could put them in timeout or I could separate them for having this huge fight or I could make them stop playing with each other because I'm tired of listening to them. Right. But that doesn't give them the tools they need to work through conflict. And learning to work through conflict is accepting that all relationships have conflict. And if my discipline is going to be visionary, I might need to change how I handle their conflict versus punishing them for having it. When you get married someday, I'm sorry, even if you absolutely love your spouse, even if you've done all the marital counseling in the world, you are gonna have conflict, right? You're gonna go to work someday. you're going to have conflict in the workplace. It's going to happen. But teaching them how to work through conflict is critical for giving them healthy relationships with themselves, others, and God. And it's critical for us maintaining healthy relationships in our home. I don't want them to have to feel like they always have to get along. That's ludicrous when you're really thinking about it. I, don't, I want them to know that they are different people with different wants and different needs. And I want them to have the tools necessary to work through conflict, right? And so in my house, we've always had a very, very, very strict rule that they have to work it out. I do not run interference. The only time I have ever ran interference between my kids is... If they are screaming at each other in the middle of the room, right? So I'm in the room, my husband's in the room, maybe someone else is. At that point, I I stop them and I say, You need to go into the bedroom and do this because it's not being respectful to the people out here, right? You're being way too loud. You're being incredibly disruptive to this space that is a family space. And when you are acting that way it makes it very difficult for everybody else who's out here it's not wrong to have it but you need to go somewhere else and have this so that we can maintain a respectful place for others in the midst of your disagreement the second time that I will um interfere in any way is if there is like harm (laughs) you know (laughs) I have two boys so you know But I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, it does not get physical. They just don't. My boys just do not do that. Why? Because that's not allowable. That's not a correct way to settle differences. I'm sorry. It's not. You don't go out there and duke it out. You don't do that. You can duke it out. But like, any kind of physical bodily stuff, like they need to wrestle it out. No, that is not real. That's not real life, real world experience. It's not. You're not going to do that in the middle of the workplace. You know, you should not do that in the in, in a marriage relationship, right? You're going to have to learn to communicate. And so those are the only two times that I really will interfere. Otherwise my children know, like, don't come tell me about this. I don't, I don't let them come up and tell me this thing that, you know, warrior did that hurt his feelings. I don't do that. What I say is you need to go to your brother and talk that through. Don't come out here again until you guys have discussed this and have found a way forward, right? And that's just critical because I'm going to tell you that if you run interference constantly with your kids, with one another, with their siblings, if you do it at five, you're going to have to do it at 15, and then you're going to have to do it again at 25. That is not your job. Your job is to teach them responsibility for the relationship they have with their brother or sister. If they have a sibling, that is their relationship and their responsibility to to hone and take care of, right? If my, I tell my sons, if you're going to constantly do things that disrespect your brother or cause issues in your relationship, then you're going to you're going to reap the fruit for that. We talk a lot about sowing and reaping in my house, right? If they're not listening to each other, that hurts their relationship. And then I ask them, is that the fruit you want to have in your life? Is that what you want to produce? You want to be somebody who disrespects their brother all the time? You don't have to see eye to eye to be respectful. And understanding that is making them figure it out. I believe that discipline, real good visionary discipline is having a scaffolding that they work in, but not a formula they must follow. The scaffolding in them settling conflict is that one, I don't settle their conflict for them. Two, they will not harm one another in any capacity. And three, they will not disrespect anybody else who's around them because of their disagreement. But other than that, they can go and be in their room for long periods of time trying to figure this out before they come back. There are other times that they're like, we just don't see eye to eye and I'm just not going to play with you right now. And you know what? That's an acceptable thing as well. I can't even tell you the number of times that they do figure it out and they'll say, okay, we figured out a compromise. Why? Because what they really want is to play together. They do. They want to play together. And what they find through their own working it through is that if they continue to be like, I only want it my way and I'm never going to compromise, they end up never playing together. And that's pretty sad because I have two boys, right? That's the only other person. That's the only other kid in that house. And so they figure out very quickly that they can't just hold on to their own will and their own stuff all the time right? Because ultimately that does not make a relationship very fun. They end up playing by themselves because they can't compromise, which is sucky, right? And, or they end up having a lot of strife, which ultimately they don't really like either right they can't have big huge fights in the middle of my living room they end up having to go in the room and figure it out right they can't come tell mommy and daddy about all the things that they're ticked at the other person for doing right because i don't want them doing that when they're 25 years old i don't i want them to know that ultimately their relationship with their sibling is their responsibility how you treat them now is the fruit that you will reap in the future and so i give them a scaffolding of what they can you know they must be respectful they cannot bring harm they can't they they must work it out together and not come tell me about it but that creates protection for them right but it also creates responsibility which is what i'm actually ultimately after that The Bible even says, you know, in as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with one another. But what that means is take responsibility for your part in living peaceably with others, right? If I'm always interfering with their squabbles, they don't learn any responsibility for the relationship that they have with their siblings. All they learn is that mom, mom is going to fix it. Uh, no, I'm not because you know what? Someday mom's not going to be there when they're fighting with their spouse and mom's not going to be there when they're struggling with somebody in the office. They learn to take responsibility for the relationship they have with others. And in the midst of that, I can introduce things like, Hey, you're having a pretty hard time getting along well today. Yeah, mom, we're having a pretty hard time. Hmm. Have you asked the Holy Spirit for some help with that? Have you asked the Lord what you could do differently? Have you prayed about that, right? Because now now all I get to do is just ask them what they are doing to take responsibility for the relationship they have, right? And I feel like that is critical as we discipline and teach our children you know, I want to I end with just one more thought. You know, by the time that our kids get to about 15 or 16 years old, they're starting to drive a car. Um, in many cases, they're starting to date a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They're spending more and more time away from you as a parent. And this may not be a very popular opinion, but, you know, if you study other cultures or different times or spaces in the world... A child at that age, around 15 or 16 years old, was considered an adult in many ways. And what I have been mulling over in my own approach to discipline is that um, I think it is our own approach that often makes them not ready to be treated as an adult around that age. Because somehow we're still trying to teach them lessons about respecting ourselves or others that really we could have been teaching them at six or five or three. And so I would just challenge you to start really thinking about how long you actually have with your kids. And if the discipline approach that you are having um really matches the person god created them to be and the fruit that you want them to bear in their lives how would you define your vision for your children um i i just would encourage you to take some time to reflect on the values and qualities you want to instill in them um And then, you know, where have your disciplinary approaches crossed over into controlling your child versus relating to them in a way that cultivates a heart connection? I really feel like that is um, critical, you know, and and the places where it's about control, we need to be willing to confess that. Control never, ever, ever, ever will bring fruit. It only brings death, (laughs) really, because control is the absence of relationship and That's not what God offers us, right? He wants our hearts in the same way that I want to be connected to my kids' hearts. Um, So I I just pray for you today. I pray that you would have a new vision, a fresh vision for your approach to disciplinary action in your home, that you would feel the freedom of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God to reevaluate your rules and to let go of rules that don't match the fruit that you want to have in your children's lives. And I just breathe fresh Holy Spirit revelation that the child you have was created the way they are for an absolute reason, and that you would begin to ask the Lord why He created that kid with that strong will. And what speak to you about who they're supposed to be and, and how you can partner with God to help them hone the skills that are like raw things in their life, right? When I was talking about strong willed kids, you know, that's kind of a raw it's a very raw skill in their life. And you get to partner with the Holy Spirit to teach them how to wield that like a like a weapon. Um, but responsibility with a weapon means that you know when to put it away. You know when to leave the sword in the sheath. You know when to pull it out and use it for the specific purpose it was actually intended. Um, And so I I just bless you. I bless you as a mom. I bless you in who you are and what you bring to the table. And I am so thankful for the time that we get to spend together. Please take time to share this. Share it with people. Like and subscribe. I would love for you to give me a rating or even just comment things you would like to talk about, things we want you want to discuss, things that are on your heart. I would love to hear from you.